couldn't spell when I was a little kid. I couldn't spell, so my parents got all concerned. So they went down to the uh, the toy store. They bought me a little red box called Speak and Spell. You remember that Speak and Spell? They shouldn't have called it Speak and Spell, but they should have called it Speak like the Devil. Remember the voice? A E I O. What was that? A B C D. The thing was evil. A L M N. That thing would wake me in the middle of the night, like two in the morning. Play with me. Get up. I want to spell right now. I'm eight years old. I spell great. I talk like a freak. I'm like, Mom, something is wrong. Something is W-R-O-N-G. It seems that regardless of the era, spelling bees are a staple of growing up. And for those not prepared for said spelling bee, there is a toy that would prove to be very beneficial. A toy that came not from a toy company with a veritable history of bangers, but from a Texas-based calculator company, Texas Instruments. This is the story of the Speak and Spell. This is Toys Were Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Hello and welcome back to another brand new episode of Toys R Us. This week we take a peek inside what made a speak and spell speak and spell. My name is Richard Hunt and with me once again is Brian Muth. Good day everyone, how are you? Brian, are you ready for a dance with the electronic devil? Uh, only if it's in the pale moonlight. I mean, obviously. That's, yeah. There's no arguing there. Let's make it happen, Captain. Alright, let's go. <laughs> So we're going to start our tale in 1976 with a man named Richard Wiggins, which... It gives me the Wiggins just thinking about it. Uh, it That sounds like... Like a Scooby-Doo villain. Not even that. That sounds like back in the day when they were trying to be coy with how obviously sexual people were. Yeah. Uh, yeah, did you give her the old Dick Wiggins? Yes, sir. I gave her the Wiggins <laughs> real good. I took her home and gave her the Dick Wiggins. Top shelf. Top shelf. Top shelf Dick Wiggins. Uh, Dick Wiggins was a master of applied mathematics. Having spent time at Louisiana State University with <laughs> Bobby Boucher. Skittle. With Bobby Boucher. Um, he also spent time with the Department of Defense in Washington. And is this, I don't know, is this MITRE or M-I-T-R-E? I think it's Miter. That's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, like a Miter box song. Miter. Miter. Uh, Correct us if we're wrong in the comments. Yes, thanks. Uh, Which is a federal contract and research center. Uh, So, through all that, he had a lot to offer. And he was making a lot of headway at Miter in a program that was dedicated to researching algorithms for processing digitized... Voice signals. That is a lot. That's a lot of fucking That's a lot to unpack right there. Like, when you're saying, like, digital voice, it makes me think of Stephen Hawking's robot voice. A program that was dedicated to researching algorithms for processing digitized voice signals. I mean, that's a tongue twister. That really is. I mean, that's not even one you could say three times fast. I can't even say it one time slow. (laughs) (laughs) And he was, like, proud working with this because he knew it would be, like, something huge. Just in terms of aid, like you said, fucking Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Um, 
He imagined an algorithm that could do real-time text-to-speech. And through his research, he was offered an opportunity to work at Dallas, Texas-based Texas Instruments. Aw, uh, yeah. I mean, everybody, even to this day, in your life, you're going to come across Texas Instruments. At least once. I mean, all throughout high school. I mean, that's standard issue calculators Yeah, that's for, on, for that's on your fucking list. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, but they have the corner, you know, they fucking monopolized calculators. Yeah, until fucking smartphones came along and they're like, oh, yeah, there's a calculator then, like, here in my pocket all the time. Even then, you're not, speaking in terms of school, you're not going to pull your phone out unless you're trying to keep that shit confiscated. Right. But it just makes me remember back in sixth grade, Mr. Keithley was like, now class, you're not going to have a, cal- a calculator in your pocket Yeah, everywhere you go. Yeah. So yeah, in your face, Mr. Keithley, in your face. I, I saw somebody had made that SpongeBob meme. Mm. He's like, you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket. <laughs> Which yeah. is so fucking funny because you don't know the future, goddammit. It's true. I I'm going to have a calculator in my pocket. That is top tier meme imagery. Or even if you have like a fucking a smartwatch, you have a fucking calculator on your hand. I just got a smartwatch and it's fantastic. See? It's fucking perfect. This is where fate intervenes and introduces Richard to three gentlemen that would work with him to create a toy that would change the digital world as they knew it. This is where fate intervenes and introduces Richard to three gentlemen that would work with him to create a toy that would change the digital world as they knew it. Richard meets Paul Breedlove, which, again, that what is, is with these fuck- so, many, so many, like, names in these toy histories. You got mm. Dick Wiggins and Paul Breedlove. It's like, mm, yeah, breeding that love, baby. <laughs> Those are like 70s porn stars. They, they really are. I'm Dick Wiggins, and I'm Paul Breedlove. I'm Paul Breedlove. Uh, then you have Larry Brantingham and Gene France. Okay, so not so poor names. No. There. No. Those those are guys that, like... <laughs> those are the guys who operate the cameras in porn. Yeah. Yeah, they're the editors. Yeah. Stuntcock! Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, and they came from the consumer products branch of Texas Instruments. The purpose of that fateful meetup was for Richard to propose a technique for generating digital speech in a product. The challenge was that it had to be solid state, no pull strings. Okay. Uh, it had to be cheap, which meant that it was using a low-cost semiconductor technology. Because what did the uh, old speaking spells run on? Was that a 9-volt that, that you put in there, or was it, it was, double A's? I think it was a 9-volt. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's why um, they got so finicky like uh, smoke detectors do when they yeah. get low on power. Jesus. <laughs> it's like sounds like those little fucking, uh, what is it? What was that like... Learn a new language thing. Was it Muzzy? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, no. It's like, no. It That's the last like, thing I want to learn fucking language from. Like, seriously, if you put in Latin, you're going to fucking summon oh, a demon or some shit. Yeah. No shit. Real <laughs> Evil Dead situation going yeah. on. So, yeah, it had to be cheap. It had to be no pull strings. And the speech had to be clear enough so that the user could understand the word out of context. Which. Context is important. Context is everything. And it, it seemed to be difficult in terms of one word at a time compared to full sentences. Uh, Larry was the main circuit designer and was tasked to determine if what Richard came up with could be implemented in an integrated circuit. While the two of them kept working out various methods, Gene France, who eventually became the project manager, kept the overall design moving forward. And so over the next two years, more people hopped on board. To Richard's surprise, there were a crew of a lot more people than he had, had envisioned. Everyone doing a different task, 
from picking the words to spell, what the design would be, how to produce it, and how to market it. The brunt of the work was divided between the four men, Larry being in charge of the integrated circuit design, Gene being in charge of the overall design, including which words made the final product. Paul came up with using text-to-speech design as a learning aid, and Richard integrated the voice algorithm. So, even to this day, everything that's text-to-speech stems from this. Yeah, right. Which is insane. It's like like a a big family tree of text-to-speech algorithms. From Texas, of all fucking places. Right. You know? You wouldn't think, hey, where did all this uh, text-to-speech shit come from? Oh, you know, Texas. Texas. Everything is bigger in Texas. Apparently. So they say. Richard undoubtedly had the most difficult task. Because in the 70s, memory chips held but a fraction of a fraction of a fraction that they hold today. It's true. I mean, just think in terms of Furby. Oh, yeah. How there's more technology in Furby. Than in the Apollo uh, Lunar Lander. Yeah, Yeah. which is insane. It blows my mind. Every fucking time, you just look at him with his fucking beady eyes. Yeah. His unholy dead stare and his little beak. Jesus Christ. Submissive little down down, down ears. Only submissive because he's not sentient. Yet. It's <laughs> yeah. like short circuit. All night. He's, he's just one short nice circuit. Tiger. Fucking, uh... Killbots? Chopping no, 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 no. Uh, maximum Overdrive. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> but in Maximum Overdrive, did it... Did it get things that were battery operated? Or was it just things that were plugged in? Uh, I think No, it, because trucks. It yeah. got trucks. Yeah, and it got the, the lawnmower, because the lawnmower yeah, ate one of the neighbors and chased yeah. the kid. So shit, yeah. Furby. Don't you fucking look at me, Furby, <laughs> with those dead eyes. Any of y'all. Don't get any ideas. Yeah, we've made a shrine over here. It's uh, Furby, Gizmo, Tickle Me Elmo, Teddy Ruxpin. And then I have this skeleton, for whatever reason, makes the saw, like Billy, the puppet from Saw, when he laughs, it's the same exact laugh. It truly is. It's just the mascot. Is that Chocula, too? That is Count Chocula. Yeah, that's my boy, Chocula. Uh, I have a Count Chocula tattoo. Get out of here. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, I got Count Chocula, Blueberry, and Frankenberry. Yeah, Monster Cereal, son! Oh, that is baller as fuck. Yeah. Dude. I need need to get it colored. I've, I've had it for, like, fuck. 12 years, not 12 years, like 10 years. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, to get the large amount of power it took to generate the voice, he had to find a way to compress the audio files in a way that were both recognizable and capable of producing a lot of power with a limited amount of space. I'm guessing there were more algorithms involved. I mean, it's just fucking all algorithms. Yeah, it's... Uh, Ultimately, he landed on a linear predictive coding, which allowed him to do exactly what he set out to do. The speaking spell was limited to speaking 200 words, which was only because it was very much a product of its time. Basically, the control data for the speech chip only had a few places it could come from, given the size that they were aiming for. Because normally, strings of data that corresponded with each word would have its own home. Okay, so wait a minute. Okay, it has a a vocabulary of 200 words, you said? Yeah. That's like double what the current president's vocabulary is. (laughs) I mean, I would say double is being generous. Yeah, it's... it's I'm trying to like be diplomatic. Yeah. There, there is no time for diplomacy, unfortunately. <laughs> that, that's gone out the window. Sorry, I was taught diplomacy by Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Even Jean-Luc Picard would fucking smack the shit out oh, of Donald Trump. Oh, he'd fuck Trump. him up, <laughs> I mean, 
Picard can throw down. You could. Yeah. You saw that. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Green Room? But I hear it's awesome. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it'll change your opinion of the man. Yeah. And I mean, dude, I love Patrick Stewart. Love, love, love the guy. It's basically, um, he's basically, you know, the guy in American History X who's like the leader of the Nazis? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that, um... imagine that, but ten times more violent. Jesus, more violent than Stacey Keach? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. The, I watched it, and there was parts where I'm like, Oh, holy fuck. And I'm, like, desensitized to a lot. Oh, dude. So, like, if something fucking fucks me up, it is extremely fucked. Yeah, like, like I'm playing through the new Resident Evil, and it's like, I'm just, like, blowing faces off these yeah. zombies. And I'm just like, eh, <laughs> eh. I'm telling you, if you have, you have Amazon Prime? Yeah. It's on there. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so watch it tonight, because it is fucked up. <sighs> I was not expecting it. And it has, uh, maybe, from Arrested Development. Oh, uh, Mae Whitman? Yeah. I love her. And, uh, Anton Yelchin. Oh! Man, R.I.P., buddy. I know. Rest in pizza. Fucked up. Of all the fucking ways to goddamn die. Seriously, (laughs) because it didn't shift right, the faulty shifter? That's fucked up. And he played an awesome checkoff. Yeah. Yeah. He's really fucking talented. Yeah. Just he to be was fucking like, wiped out by a fucking car and a mailbox. Dude, that is not how I want to go. That is <laughs> well, like, see, look. You and I, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, right. He was fucking, he was tiny. Yeah, it's we, true. Yeah, we're, we're like four of him. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so it's like, we're going to be okay if we get hit by a car that's just coasting. Well, you know what they say, fat don't splat. Oh. Not bad, huh? That's not bad I at all. just made that up. That's very good. Off the cuff. Get that fucking copyrighted. Fat don't splat. Fat don't splat. I'm going to make stickers. Dude. T-shirt idea. I was, Boom! I was Fat don't splat, baby. Flat don't splat. Flat don't splat. Okay, so yeah. So normally, strings of data that corresponded with each word would have its own home. But because the microchip had to be so small, the best results were obviously obtained by using large computer programs that analyzed real speech data and determined data patterns and strings of data that, when applied to the synthesizer, resulted in words that could be easily understood and sounded very much like the original speech. Okay. So they just, like, compressed the shit out of words. Right. And that's kind of why it sounds like, I am your devil. Like, kind of like robotic droopy dog. (laughs) Is what the speech and spell sounds like. (laughs) Or like, um, uh, Grandma's Boy, JP. Yes. Please sit on on my face. face. Yeah. Adios, turd nuggets. That's a fucking, such a criminally underrated it's movie. It really is. It's super underrated. Like, anytime I'm getting anything out of the oven, <laughs> I, have to say, I have to say to myself, Put your fucking I, oven mitts on, man. I, I, don't, I don't know what you are, but I'm going to eat the fuck out of you. <laughs> and he just put, and it just like, it's so burned into my head, because he just it puts is. the most random shit in the fucking oven. Yeah, it's just There's like, like a pudding cup, everything. bananas, like... And just pulls it straight out. No fucking oven mitts. So, like, I kind of got a little a quick sidebar. Yes. Uh, my buddy, who is going to remain nameless, but his his name is remarkably similar to mine. But it is not me. Um, one night. It's him. It's not me. Uh, my buddy was drunk, right? And so um, we were up all night playing video games and drinking and whatnot. As you do. As, as one is wont to do. 
So I notice he's gone for an inordinate amount of time. Mm -hmm. So he was cooking stuff in the oven. He got completely sidetracked. He he forgets what he's doing. But then he remembers. Like, I go out there and I, I go to find him and I hear this crash. And it comes from the kitchen. And there I see him on the floor dipping his mozzarella sticks that he baked in the oven into the marinara that he spilled on the carpet. <laughs> that's, so that's he's a- dipping marinara in the carpet mm. or dipping his cheese sticks. And I'm just like... That's a real... How did my life get here? Right. It really is. That's like that rock That's like, bottom. But like, man, I got to change my life. I've done a lot of fucked up things in my life, Dude, but never fucking floor marinara. Never floor marinara. Brian, I love you if you're listening. <laughs> floor marinara. That's another t-shirt idea. Floor that marinara. Yeah, floor marinara. Or at least a Twitter handle. Ah, Floor marinara. I'm actually thinking about changing my Twitter handle. From floor marinara? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, it was uh, Moose on the Loose. Yes. And then I was thinking about just changing it, shortening it up to Luminous Moose. Mm. After a line from a Beck song. There you go. In the time of chimpanzees, it was a monkey. Okay, so it, when it came to what they were working with, a substantial amount of hand editing had to be used. Um, but that was sometimes flawed, time-consuming, and sometimes it didn't even work. Understandable. Yep. And sometimes if they needed a word, they could construct it from other pieces of speech data. Other times it re- required collecting actual speech data and analyzing it. See, now that's cool. Yeah. I, I like that. It's to, almost like cobbling the, a language To have, together. like, the fucking... That ability in the 70s. That's That blows my mind. Yeah. They actually did have a particular person whose voice they collected on tape. So the speaking spell was an actual voice. Get out of here. I never knew that. Yeah. Uh, a, a radio DJ named Mitch Carr. Mitch Carr. Mitch Carr. Mitch Carr. Mitch Carr. Hello. My name is Mitch Carr. They digitized hundreds of utterances, set up an editing station and to listen to each word, and played around with the parameters until the voice sounded suitable. It turned out that there was so much data and it required so many individual decisions that it consumed incredible amounts of time and was difficult to do. Which, I mean... I mean, it's computer science in the 70s. I yeah, mean, that's like fucking know, brain surgery. They had to know going into it, it was going to take a lot of fucking oh, yeah. time. Uh, the digital signal processor, which was developed to be the biggest and most important part of the speaking spell, was the very first digital speech program ever designed, as has been vital in many other ways. Absolutely. Having been used in many ways, including but not limited to wireless communications and cellular phones, audio speech... Audio and speech signal processing, video and game machines, digital cameras and digital TVs, motion control and engine control, medical diagnostic imaging, sonar and radar signal processing, sensors and actuators, seismic exploration, and weather forecasting. So, like, this thing that they... It's just this massive blanket umbrella of yeah, it's like, it's like It's like the slinky... It really is. How that design went to so many other things. Yeah, and it just started as a fucking toy. <laughs> um, Texas Instruments had already previously delved into the world of children's education with a little professor. Which was an owl-based reverse calculator that gave you math problems and you had to input the answer. I remember that. I did it until I was doing the research and yeah. I saw it and I'm like, oh. Well, you saying that jogged my memory. I'm like, man, I fucking had one of those little yeah. assholes. Yeah. Um. 
But the success of that was absolutely outshined by its far superior little brother. After these messages, we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Chicago Boudoir Photography. When you become a client at Chicago Boudoir, you become a princess for the day. Their 100% female staff provides professional hair and makeup services, as well as top-notch retouching. Whether the photos you take are for yourself or for that special someone, you'll walk out of their studio feeling and looking like royalty. And it's February, the most romantic month of the year. So fellas, consider pampering the woman you love the most with a session at the Chicago Boudoir Photography Studio. Book today at chicagoboudoir.photography. That's Chicago, B-O-U-D-O-I-R, dot photography. And mention this ad to get three free digital images with your shoot. So now we're going to jump to 1970. The scene, which is a very nice break from the New York Toy Fair, is a Chicago-based consumer electronics show. Ah, CES! Yep. Uh, it went over well with a price point of $50, which with an inflation is $193.28. Holy balls! Yeah. But I mean, and I guess it's hard to say in retrospect because they had no idea what they had. That's true. But now knowing, that seems, $193 seems about a right price for Definitely what it worth was, it. especially in the fucking 70s. Dude, for real. Um, but the benefit of setting itself apart from talking baby dolls was that it didn't need a pull, pull string, string. Yeah. which means you couldn't break right. the sound box by pulling the fucking string too hard. Yep. Um, it took off like crazy, and eventually the crew needed to design the speaking spell for other countries. They even created one that worked with a British accent. Perfect. In addition to creating cartridges for the following languages, Japanese, Italian, French, German, and Spanish. That's impressive. That's pretty fucking good. I mean, that, that is. Think about all the shit that they had to go through. I mean, like, those are not easy no. languages, especially Japanese. I no. hear that's especially hard. Yeah, I heard it's very, very hard. Um, the success from that led to the development of an entire line of speak products. Everything from speak to speak and math to speak and music. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, you're going to try to push the envelope Absolutely. with what you have. Yeah. Why not? You know, you, you took the time because, to make that thing. Yeah, you got the foundation already for you. Everything else is just gravy. Right. What set Speak and Spell above and beyond other educational toys at the time was the inclusion of multiple game modes built into its system. Games like Say It, a word spelling game where the player must spell ten words after hearing them spoken by the unit. Whoa. Yeah. Which could be difficult. I mean, the speaking spell... Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, I was never very good at spelling. I got that from my father. Mm. I used to be pretty good at spelling. Yeah. But now it's like, sometimes I'm like, how the fuck do you spell definitely? And I'm yeah. like, oh, right. I'm stupid. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? It's not necessarily our fault. I think that's the fault of a lot of the... Uh, like the predictive in text. That's very uh, on true. On cell phones. Yeah, that's very and messaging true. Messaging apps and whatnot. You're just like, oh yeah, it says DEF, definitely. Yeah. Don't know how to spell yeah, it. it. I know how to spell crutch. DEF. Yeah, oh yeah. It's absolutely. a nice thing for sure, but it's crazy how fast you become dependent of it. It's true. Yeah. But I'm like, oh fuck. How the fuck do I not know how to spell goddamn definitely? Well, it's like the other day I couldn't remember how to spell oblige. And I'm like, A, B, L, and it's like, uh, no, 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 no. It's Be dumb. Up. Much obliged. 
Much obliged, little lady. Uh, they had Mystery Word, which was just Electronic Hangman. Oh, that's bad. Oh, I like that. Uh, Secret Code, which is a code-generating program in which the player enters a word on the speaking spell and the console returns the word in code. That's cool. That's fucking awesome. That is. Um, Letter Mode, which was another algorithm that allows the player to change a word he has entered by shifting its letters several spaces down the alphabet. So it's kind of like... You know, when they give you a word. They're like, how many words can you make out of this yeah, word? Yeah, like boggle, right? Yeah. Um, that sounds like fun, actually. That does sound like fun. Drop it. Not um, to be confused with pop it. <laughs> yeah, drop it. Do uh, it. Do it. Uh, a super speaking spell game in which the player will see how new words are made by adding prefixes and suffixes. I like that. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, memory, which was just... A super super speaking spell game in which letter recognition and visual memory skills are tested. Hmm. Mystery, a game in which letter patterns and words and visual memory are developed. Mix-up, a game in which word patterns and the relationships between letter sounds and spelling are tested. Hmm. Um, same as, which is a game in which homophones are tested. That's cool. That's very cool. That'll help expand vocabulary quickly. Yeah, oh, Absolutely. Uh, Ace, which is A.C.E. Which, uh, yeah, which is uh, abbreviations, contractions, and word endings are tested. Okay. And Race, which is a game of fast recall, accurate spelling, and touch typing skills are tested to the limits. Hmm. I didn't know there were so many variants. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Speaking spell. It was kind of out of my wheelhouse. I I remember oh, yeah. I remember playing with it, but I don't think I ever had one. No, I never had one, but I do remember playing with it. And they're very fucking expensive. They really are because they don't make them anymore. Right. The cheapest one I found on eBay was like sixty eight dollars. Jesus, are you kidding? Yeah, I'm like, man. Ooh. Next time I go to the flea market, I'm gonna keep my eye out yeah, for one. Yeah, I'm like, oh fuck. All right. Um, the legacy of speaking spell is just as insane as the amount of modern day products that use the technology pioneered by the most powerful toy of its kind. Uh, even by today's standards, it has been a staple in pop culture since its inception. Absolutely. Most notably, its appearance in E.T., the actual terrestrial. Absolutely, I was just going to say that. Yeah, they actually made uh, like a tie-in version. Did they? Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it had E.T.'s voice. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dan Cook has a stand-up bit about it. Yeah, that's a good one. It was in Poltergeist 3. Yep. And Depeche Mode even named an album Speak and Spell. That's true. With the bop, I just can't get enough. Which is definitely it's a, a bop. bop. Oh, it's a fucking bop. And with that, we arrive again at that little bear of fun facts. Oh, snap. Here we go. The fact in the box. June 11th, which in 1978 was the release date, is known as Speak and Spell Day. Now, is that like a Texas thing? or No, I think it's kind of like, you know... Like every day has got so a day now? Because we're so fucking important as a country, yeah. every fucking day has to be a holiday. Like September 19th, talk like a pirate day. I mean, like, the other day was... 
uh, National Chocolate Cake Day. Oh, but who doesn't love chocolate cake? Every day is National Chocolate Cake Day for this guy. If we're not a coward. Yeah. You know? Every day is Chocolate Cake Day if you got the balls to seize it. That's that's why we won't die when getting hit by a car to a mailbox. Oh, that's right. Because fat don't splat. Because in Chicago, Portillo's likes to put mayonnaise in their chocolate cake. Which is why I won't touch it. Bro, have you ever fucking had it? No. Because it's got mayo in it. I don't touch shit with mayo. You can't fucking touch... If, if you had no idea that there was mayonnaise in it, you, have, you would have no idea You're probably right. In it. Because, I mean, mayo is just what, like, eggs, eggs and oil? I mean, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. It's just, you yeah. know... Yeah, it, it, I guess I can get over that. It, it's it a makes binding the consistency. Agent. It's so fucking moist. Oh. <laughs> God damn it! I knew you were gonna do that. Moist. <laughs> <Boy. laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, there is a massive fandom when it comes to the speaking spell, specifically the act of circuit bending. A method oh. that came about when E.T. came out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and people learned how to break into the mainframe of the speaking spell and do a bunch of workarounds to get it to say words. See, now that's bad as fuck. Which is just like, even goes to show you there's fucking, like, hardcore fucking hacking nerds in the 70s, you know? <laughs> Man, I, I got it to say, to say titty. I wanted to say doobie. <laughs> like, doob. Let's get out of here, doob. Oh my god. There is a whole genre of music that incorporates the speaking spell. Is that chip tunes? Chip tunes. There's like, uh, if you ever listen to the uh, Limp Biscuit cover of Behind Blue Eyes. Oh, it's okay. It's in there in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Discover. Speaking spell is number 71 in Times 100 Toys, like Top 100 Toys. I kind of feel like it deserves a higher spell. Oh, absolutely. That's just me, though. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure some of the, I, I know for a fact some of the shit that we've already covered is higher than the speaking spell. Hmm. That, that seems kind of criminal to me. Like, Easy Bake Oven, I think, was like 60-something. Wow. I mean, that goes circling back around to the fat guy in the cake thing. I gotta give it to Easy Bake, though. Fat guy in a little cake. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just, I guess, a king cake from New Orleans is a fat guy in a little cake. Happy birthday, Mr. Smithers. No. No. Um, The last speaking spell to be released was one created solely for the Spanish market. Olay. Oh. Olay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had no idea that the speaking spell was so, like, revolutionary. I didn't either. Yeah. I, I really didn't. I mean, I knew it was influential. But yeah, but I had no idea, like, like I said with the slinky, it, the trickle down from it. Yeah. Is just insane. Kind of, uh, pardon the polar vortex reference, but, you know, it's a snowball effect. It really is a snowball effect. Yeah. Fuck the polar vortex shit. Dude, I'm so fucking over it. I am over it, and I could actually probably go home and throw shorts on and be completely fine. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have fat guy lens, that's why. Oh, yeah. I'm just so, like, cold does not bother Dude, me. Dude, I don't, I don't mean Elsa. to brag, but I got, some, I got some great legs. Oh, my God. Like a... Yeah, like... Because, like, sometimes 
You ever do the Terminator? Where you, where you get down yeah. in the shower and just, you know, dun, 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 and just like recreate the whole Terminator? Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, who doesn't do that? But you have to make sure that, like Arnold, they get the lighting right on your dick. Right. Like, that was something that he, like, made sure. <laughs> like, no, you have to fix the shadow yeah. so that you can see the shadow of my dick better. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just like, what well, a fucking... Well, then it happened to Robert Patrick, too. You can see his sack. Yeah. Oh, uh, you can see fucking Ben Affleck's dick in Gone Girl. That's true. Now, that's a fucking good-ass movie. You know, Not I, because I still haven't dick. seen it, but I love Rosamund Bro. Pike. Dude, I love it. Fuck, you gotta go on, like, a movie-watching binge. I really do. I've been slacking. I saw Gone Girl in theaters. Did you? And, like, you know when you see a review for a movie and it's like, it'll be on the edge of your seat. The entire time. That was, like, me. Keeps you guessing to the very end. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's... He's like, wow, this movie's crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. Yep, that's going on the list. Yeah, Green Room and Gone Girl. Green Room and Gone Girl. Double G's. Oh, double G's. <laughs> double G's. Snoop Deal Double G. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Thank you for listening once again. And make sure you check back in next week for a brand new episode. So, we've come to the end of another wild ride here at Toys R Us. If you like what you heard and you'd like to support us, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. It's not an ego thing. They just really are like the godfather when it comes to making or breaking you as a podcast. It's an ego thing for me. Uh, For him, sure. Yes. Not for me. I just... I know how these things work. And if you'd really like to support us... (laughs) <laughs> consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash toys for us podcast or follow us on twitter and instagram and we have several tiers and great rewards for people who do both and they are pretty awesome yeah they're great and we have t-shirts coming out so it's like nostalgia in a box yeah, basically yeah until next time remember to double check your spelling and remember, you will always be a Toys for Us kid. Alright, now I would like to thank the following patrons. Our producer patrons. Jeremy, Jessica, Natalie, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, Juanita, Shannon, and Steven. Thank you very much for all your support. 